we live in a in a universe that actually is is very orderly and over the millennium we have had a basic understanding of of the rudimentary applications and understandings of this orderliness this principle this law but we have been collectively reticent i believe to apply it to the area of mind of thought from the beginning of time upon this planet as an example everything understood uh, that gravity was a continual force to be reckoned with and everything pretty well caught on to this early on in their existence or experienced the consequences. The other evidences of order and sequencing uh, became known as the changing of the seasons or uh, the dependability of daylight following the setting of the sun as our planet rotated on its axis and made its journey around the sun. Then as life evolved and the evolution of which we currently are part of, um, they call that homo sapiens, I think, it came into being. And through this evolution began again to explore the leading edge of creativity. At some point, a logical thought question emerged. How do things come to be? They understood the long time ago ones, uh, many things happen when you plant a seed, they could understand the logic of that happening into the resultant product. But then Aristotle or Socrates types began to question more deeply and out of this area and uh, out of especially the the writings of Aristotle, the, uh, the concept of metaphysics came into being. Even though attributed to him, it's interesting that Aristotle really never even used the word metaphysics, but a later translator of his works coined it to describe the thinking within his writing, it literally being translated uh, then to mean beyond or prior to physics. And some of the subtitles are so interesting in his translated treatise, and they were actuality and potentiality, and they were potentiality, substance, and essence, and they were substance as a cause of being. He was pushing the envelope, and he came into the knowing that there was more behind why various things took place within physicality and within three-dimensional space-time manifestation. Aristotle literally believed that generic man was very much in the loop of how things happen in one's world and saw absolutely no need for a hierarchy of humankind that performed some required or even demanded duty prior to the existence of some kind of interface between common man and God. Aristotle indeed pushed the envelope, but the next and more individually personal descriptive concept or word for applied metaphysics, and that's understanding of consciousness, that didn't enter into usage until about another 250 years when Cicero apparently coined the word. And there is no record of it appearing within ancient Aramaic, uh, the language of Jesus. Now saying all of this, and within today's growing understanding of the process of how and why, many, and certainly those in unity and other aspects of new thought, many have a great interest in understanding how things come to be in their lives, and the tools found within the concepts of metaphysics and consciousness lead us directly to the power of thought. 
and more specifically, concentrated or repeated cycles of thought, which, because it initiates each and every process of manifestation in one's life as well as the world, is the egg that always comes first. This has been said in so many different ways. Unity and new thought as a whole have said, life is consciousness. And our language contains cutesy little phrases like, birds of a feather flock together, and if it rains, it pours, as well as other things that state things like, by whatever term we use, this generated and focused energy individually and collectively reaches out and chelates unto itself events and circumstances and personalities and things that have the same vibrational signature. Indeed, life is consciousness and we create our own reality. Now the rub for many is that when they first hear that it isn't the chicken that came first but the egg and that they then have total control over their own egg, so to speak, some go into overload because it is so far outside the box of a cookie cutter, religion, or philosophy that they may have embraced, and either out of fear or because and reason. And this in the footsteps of Aristotle, of Cicero, of Plato, of Confucius, of Thomas Aquinas, of Emerson, as well as all the New Thought pioneers who, who began this journey. You, they, have also rejected walking in lockstep with an espoused philosophy or religious creed that is not only fear-based, but has you outside the loop of the process of the flow of life. So, how did your life come to be? Well, you laid an egg, so to speak. In fact, we euphemistically have laid and are laying many eggs of thought all the time. Now, I'm not really talking about the fleeting thoughts that pass through each of our minds by the thousands, but we are talking about the thought eggs that we carefully nurture, we sit upon, so to speak, and we bestow the appropriate warmth of an emotional equivalent. Because we and the universe are vibrationally or energy-based, these eggs hatch all the time. And through the law of attraction, or said another way, by right of consciousness, they reach out and draw similar energies, and then that energy coalesces as our environment person, place, experience, everything. But isn't that good to really know this? We say that life is consciousness, and that is a truism. It always has been and always will be. It is also beneficial. No, it's imperative to understand the law of attraction and how it works. And now with the added awareness so as to link this whole process with consistent and purposeful thought, we are afforded the understanding that indeed we are the creators of our own reality, and we can choose what thought eggs we nurture and birth. Remember the song from the 50s? Well, some of you won't, but, and some of you won't admit to it, but remember standing on the corner watching all the girls go by? And you can inject boys if you want to there. A line of that song says, 
you can't go to jail for what you're thinking. Now, outwardly, this is probably true. But what about the jails of lack, of sickness, of dysfunctional relationships? What about the unpleasant cul-de-sacs of life we get ourselves into as we tie our feelings to the actions of another, actions over which we have absolutely no control? So we can indeed go to physical, emotional, uh, religious, I would say, psychological or financial jails and experience various degrees of bondage or constriction. Ever been in one of these? It ain't fun, is it? So, within your life, if you are in any aspect of constriction, of any aspect of this this metaphorical jail, meaning the lack of living fully, joyously, and abundantly, to now begin to do a number of things with awareness. First and foremost, move to the acceptance that the whole of life is designed to be positive and happy. True, we may have been caught up in circumstances that have distracted our attention away from this truth as we have given it to far lesser things that we may yet call a truth, but whose results are restrictive and things we don't like. But this isn't a veil of tears. We do not live within a standard that promises that the more we suffer here, the greater the reward later. If given anthropomorphic qualities, God or source energy wouldn't even know how to do that. The journey is never ending. Remember, you can never get it wrong because you'll never get it done. And the primary purpose of living life on the leading edge is joy. The deck is not stacked against us in unhappy ways. This being the foundation for some things we will now want to do, because without this understanding as the foundation, the eggs we may choose to nurture and birth might be predicated on what we believed yesterday, meaning the sorrow, the lack, and downright crappy things, because we will believe that this is how things should be. So if you have to, move your mindset to a different truth, one that you create, to a standard of joy that you know to be the underpinning of all that is, even if your life doesn't reflect at this red-hot moment, on some level accept that it is true, and it will begin to be the environment into which we can lay loftier eggs. And then, do this also. Completely divest yourself of any thought of injustice or karma as it is usually thought of, for there is only one moment and it is now. There is only now unless you reach back for the unhappy energy that may have been prominent yesterday, last year, or years ago, thereby bringing it to the surface and making it a part of your present vibrational signature. For if you do, guess what? It will draw into your experience all the people, all the bodily experiences, things, and events that will but reinvent that moment and roll it over into the now, over and over and over ad nauseum, as long as you wish. You see, if something happened to you long, long ago, and rest assured, something has happened to everyone in this room long, long ago, maybe even as a child, to relive it 
over and over again keeps that vibrational signature of victimhood, if, if, if it is victimhood, active, and it will but draw to you more circumstances where you will feel victimized. Uh, not identical to the same event that happened perhaps, but similar in the outcome. So we need to seek to get something behind us, talk our way into a different emotional space, for this is doing it for us and our journey. The perpetrator, if there is any, is no longer in the equation. Keep him there, and you, I, we keep the power we thought he had over us active today. Can you see that? And next, consciously choose what eggs you will want to lay or infuse into consciousness, which then will begin to shift the energy in your vibrational signature so you, it, can reach for more fulfilling moments of wholeness, of abundance, of clarity and peace. You see, that which you are an extension of, pure source energy or God, in your wildest dreams, can you imagine that this is somehow flawed and confused, fragmented or limited? And then neither are we. At least we don't have to be. But we have to understand the rules by which the game of life is predicated. We can't sit down at a Monopoly board with the rules for cribbage and try to play it. And we cannot expect successful encounters with life with the understanding that has been passed down to us by they who know not and know not that they know not. The rules of life have to be understood. Okay, the law of attraction simply says that which is like unto it is drawn. Thinking of this in terms of an egg or thought always preceding manifestation if our process of thought is focused on what we want to do, on what we want to have, on what we want to experience, this energy is then brought into and made part of our vibrational signature. Uh, and the law of attraction or consciousness begins to reach out and draw unto our life similarly frequenced events, experiences, and things. Now, and this is often a misunderstood piece of the puzzle. If our process of thought is focused largely on what we don't want to the extent that we give large blocks of energy to discussing why we don't have something and how wrong it is that we don't have something, its energy is still brought into our vibrational signature. And the law of attraction or consciousness begins to reach out and draw unto our life similar frequenced events, experiences, and things. It's the same law. Well, that's not fair. That's not right. I'd have to give up 75% of everything I say and all gatherings with my friends who, like me, enjoy well, moaning over all the unfairnesses and injustices of our lives, and for that matter, life in general. Well, that's right. If your reality isn't what you want it to be, begin to consciously lay different patterns of thought. Eggs, if you will, that will become part of your vibrational signature upon which the law of attraction will work. A good rule is to begin to guide our pattern of thought 
based upon their feelings or emotional quality that it's generated rather than upon their actual quality. If thoughts of anger, even if righteous, if thoughts of envy, even if righteous, if thoughts of indignation, even if righteous, and generic complaining, and all the other similar things precipitate emotions and feelings that are not warm and cuddly and happy, that should eventually begin to tell us something. Again, when as example we visit our right to be angry because of what another has done or said, what is the resultant emotion? Does it fill us with joy and bubbly expectation? Again, let it be a distinct giveaway that we are barking at the wrong tree and embracing things within our vibrational signature that's not going to serve us. Remember, the law of attraction, the universal, is the manager. We feed it the goals. Every manifestation of, of whatever that is presently in our lives is there because its vibrational equivalent was first birthed by a direction we gave to thought. And consciousness, or the law of attraction, picked up the ball and ran with it. You mean I should ignore what is and begin to fantasize something that isn't? Well, yeah, that's the answer, that's the beginning point. And it makes more sense once we understand that what currently seems to be in our lives, we say what is, God. Let's use the wonderful concept of prosperity or money. For as Catherine Ponder, author and unity minister, has said, rich or poor, it's good to have money. Some don't like this example. They fight it. That is too material. Uh, they are inferring that they are just too spiritual for that subject. Well, look down at the body you're wearing. You can't get more material than that, can you? And you're here to revel in the life experience, not to put it in back of you, but to enjoy everything that is here. So you would like more money to spend and share. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But if dollars are not present, seek to be aware of what thought eggs you are nurturing for probably you might be sending out a mixed message of what is, in other words, the lack of it, as well as what you want to have. Remember, it isn't yours to know where or how. That is the purview of the law of attraction, the law of consciousness. Your only task is to know why and to beat the drum of worthiness and words that reach for emotional feelings of expectation, of knowing, of thankfulness, of appreciation and similar. And be certain that you are either neutrally accepting of another's financial abundance or can actually be thankful for another's abundant prosperity. No longer speak to yourself or to anyone else words that reflect lack or unfairness within life. Frequent environments where it is easy to feel prosperous. In other words, consciously initiate thought eggs such as things always work out for me. Dollars are my constant companion. The universe always responds to my willingness to enjoy its abundance. The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. And 
feel what feels that thought. Other things, okay, you want a relationship, that's fine. Other things, same principle, same process. Because you are an extension of pure source energy of God, your worthiness isn't in question. But our living it can be all right. Knowing this, go lay an egg. Nurture it with positive warmth, expectation, appreciation, joy, for such are the laws of life that will bring to pass after its kind. And you know something? This is all provable. If it doesn't work, throw it out. If it doesn't pay the rent, it isn't worth your time and energy. But it's how everything got into your life right now. Now, wouldn't it be smart for us to do this on a conscious level with directed thought so that we can have an outcome that we really want to see within our life? Remember who you are, an extension of source energy. All power is given unto you in heaven and on earth because you are that power. And how we exercise it, well, that's our choice. Our life gives us a clue right now how we've done it. But we can always choose again. You're worth it. Bless you.